0: And now, for the review of the day. Got a review here from Jolene Fecker. She says, got it, thanks. I'm on number 24 of the podcast, starting with number one. I have started my career this July. Some of the information has been very helpful. I like the wide variety of guests. Some starting out slower, making learning a priority, and some starting out with a bang. It shows you that there are and can be a wide variety of people Who are successful in this industry? Jolene Fecker, licensed North Carolina broker at CBC Carolinas. Wow, most people um, start backwards. Like they start at uh, the number 700 and go backwards. Jolene here is starting at number one and going forward. That is amazing. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want. Or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. I got a faraway guest today. I got a South African top realtor on the phone who is doing some amazing things. And uh, I'm excited to get into this. So all the way from Pretoria, South Africa, let's welcome Priscilla DeJager. Priscilla, welcome the Real Estate Rockstars.
1: Hi, Pat. It's great to be on the show.
0: Hey, Priscilla, why don't you introduce yourself and tell everybody where you're from so they can get to know you better.
1: So uh, my name is Priscilla. Uh, we pronounce the surname as the Jäger. I think for the Americans, uh, in in our language it would be the Jäger. Funny enough, so I always say the the reference would be like Jägermeister, in a way. So I am um, oh, like
0: Jägermeister.
1: Yeah. Jäger. Everybody Jäger. Like
0: so, are you related to the Jägermeister fortune?
1: No, I don't oh. know yet, <laughs> but um, we might find out one day. So, <laughs> I am from South Africa. I live in Pretoria, and um, I'm a real estate agent with Keller Williams.
0: All right. So how long have you been a real estate agent?
1: So if you've asked me who I was before today, I think the situation and the story would be a bit different. Um, we met briefly at, um, at the Osborne residence, and I told you a bit about myself, and, and it was an initial smile from your, from your face when I told you about my achievements and I think when I went over to say, well, this was before the achievement part, there was um, a bit of a blank stare. I think you were a bit like a, huh, okay, this is quite interesting. So if you ask me who I am, the story changed from three years ago, I would have told you that, hi, my name is Priscilla. I'm a drug addict. To where today the story is, hi, hi my name is Priscilla. I'm an award-winning Rookie of the uh, uh, real estate agent with Keller Williams Realty.
0: Yeah, it was amazing. I, was, I met uh, Priscilla at a party uh, at Althea Osborne's house, uh, who's one of the uh, original founders or agents at Keller Williams Real Estate, probably agent number five. And um, I come to find out that she, you know, like sold like, well, how many houses have you sold in the last, say, 12 months?
1: Um, so last year it was 71. So most units sold nationally in uh, South Africa for Keller Williams. And then if you track the results back, um, since uh, August 2016 up until now, August uh, 2018, just under 130 units. Hmm.
0: So she says, you know, 71. And of course, I'm like, how many years have you been in the business? She says, two. I'm (laughs) like, man, you need to come on real estate rock (laughs) stars. And uh, so here she is. So. I'm glad you came on. Now, you've got a fascinating story. There's so much to talk about, in a di- in including like how do you sell 71 houses uh, in a year uh, without your head popping off. So first of all, let's let let's talk about uh, you know as we always do. Let's talk about some economics here, like like, and and I got I got to put this in North American terms. You know, it's easy to put in the, say U.S. terms. I guess is the easiest way to do it. So, like we like to have a thing called uh, ECI, which is ego commission income, which agents you know like to brag about. And many times, what's under the hood is different than what they brag about. So I call it ego commission income. What was your total ego commission of the last 12 months, your gross total commissions you brought in?
1: So basically with Keller Williams, we work with a capping system um, as is in America. So if in order to cap, you need to reach your market center 30% that we have. So for us, the gross commission then for us would be about just over a million Rand. That was uh, bought in last year for us, for me, as an agent
0: as an agent including what you paid the company
1: yes company dollar okay. included so to my pocket it was about just over a million
0: so you made a million and then you yeah. gave you gave them another 300 or so
1: yeah we we, we like to give money away
0: <laughs> okay so 1.3 million and what does that mean like can ha, convert that for me to like us so
1: can- so with the with the f- um the difference in in currency uh south africa is known for a lot of things uh especially the fact that we have a very weak currency so currently the rand exchange to towards the dollar is 1 to 14. so you can divide 1.3 about by 13 to 14 which is about 100k
0: okay and all right, well, that's good. So, and, and I don't know how much, how that spends there or whatever. It's kind of relative to all that, right? Cost of living and all that and how much 100K is in South Africa. But I imagine it's, it's a lot because, you know, a lot yeah, of people don't have money. So, I mean, as much money.
1: Lot, yeah, it's a lot to get by. So, if you're looking at a general man, a managerial uh, salary, in South Africa which would be a good one you'd be looking at about between 50 to 60,000 a month so with the capping obviously and going over a million you're looking at about between 80 to 100,000 a month which is good
0: Yeah. So it's double or almost triple. Like you might make 30, compare about like US 30, 35 grand a year is what the managers are making um, three times that. So, okay. So now, now let's, before we get into specifics on how you sell 71 houses a year by yourself, we're gonna, uh, tell me your story, right? Tell me your story about, uh, and and by the way, you were the one that brought it up, not me. So I'm going to ask you about it. You know, you were a drug addict. Oh, yeah. Uh, how long were you a drug addict for?
1: <laughs> I can still um, hear the shock in your voice because the thing is, um, I,
0: <laughs> well, I'm not shocked. I mean, we have, a. I mean, uh, drugs are everywhere. Trust me. You know, I've yeah. had, first of all, what, what was your drug of choice? Oh,
1: goodness. Wow. The one that made the, made the pain go away the most. So um, I had the opportunity to tell my story at family reunion on stage uh, this year for the first time, actually. So when I joined Killer Williams, I thought, well, this is my past. We're not supposed to talk about the ugly things. You're supposed to, you know, look good because you're a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people don't want to buy houses.
0: Not, not, a, not on this show. I mean, I, I don't, you know, here's, here, you know, so, so, is so what expensive? was your, what, you know, I mean, that's, I know Narcotics Anonymous and, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, everybody has a drug of choice. So was it heroin, cocaine?
1: Yeah, no, so I started out with uh, some weed, obviously, and then it went on to cocaine. And then I think I got stuck on the heroin train.
0: A heroin. Okay. So you were, you were addicted to heroin and how long were you addicted to heroin?
1: So in total from starting drugs to ending drugs, the drug period was about 9 to 10 years of my life, which heroin was about 2 to 3 of it, and in between it was uh, cocaine, uh, crack, and everything else in between.
0: Mm, yeah, so, crack, that'll, that'll suck you in. And, um, oh, it did. For sure, yeah. Um, all right, so how'd you, how'd you get off heroin? And Okay, so tell me about your bottom. Like where, where were you at your bottom?
1: So the thing is, I have realized that I was given another chance in life. So um, I think when I told the story to to people when uh, when I was at family reunion and they asked me to be on stage to tell my story, I was like, this is not a good one. Why do you want to hear this? It's, it's rock bottom bad. And then I realized that unless you get to the rock bottom bad part, you'll never be able to get out of it. We need to go down before we can go up, unless you're going to go up and then you're going to fall down. And it's going to be very, very hard. So the moment for me was in the sense that Um, I had no purpose in life, absolutely nothing driving me because there was so much pain on the inside, if it makes sense, that the only thing that made um, sense to me was to take drugs, to make it be quiet up here because this was a constant uh, war and wage going on. So growing up, life was not that great. We all have different stories, like you said. Um, And then obviously, I just fell into the wrong world. Um, I got involved in the wrong circles and obviously, I made bad choices Really, really bad choices. So rock bottom came for me um, October 2015 when I was sent to rehab for a month. And, um, you know, the family, they, they pulled me together and said, this is it or you're out.
0: So your family had an intervention?
1: Oh, yeah, without me even being there. It was fun.
0: They had an intervention without you being there.
1: I was, I was basically, I was out using drugs. And uh, when I get home, my bags was packed and I was told that they were dropping me at the rehabilitation center the next day. I was like, wow. So imagine me being high and then hearing so that. You were,
0: how, how old were you?
1: Um, I'm turning, turning 33 next year. So I'm 29. About
0: 30 years or 29. You were still living at home with your mom and dad. Did you have a job?
1: Well, we were working with the family business. So that's why I said, um, you know, mm. me. there was a lot of stuff that uh, I felt that, Uh, It wasn't necessarily my life. I was living a life that I was supposed to be living. So, we speak about life by design and not default. So, you know, it was just circumstance over circumstance, and things just kept on boiling over that there was not much for me to find in life but do drugs because that's the only thing that felt that, you know, this makes sense.
0: So, so you went to rehab, right? You got clean, and then you popped out of rehab. And you said, I'm not going back in the family business. I'm going into real estate.
1: Yeah. So my, my aunt had a franchise with Keller Williams. Uh, she used to be a top agent with another company. And uh, I got a call and um, she said to me, welcome, find out what we do. So I got a call in December of 2015, knowing that this is my last chance in life. If I don't do this, then I'll probably die or I won't have a family left. And I, I grabbed that with both hands. I went in uh, not knowing what real estate is, uh, you know what, what, it, what I can achieve, and what it will mean to me ultimately one day. And I just put my head down and, I, and I, I put everything in it. So I started my career with real estate in January 2016 and I have not looked back. I have not touched drugs since.
0: Amazing read for agents who want to blow their business up Six Steps to Seven Figures was an amazing read. Pat breaks it down into simple, actionable steps that, if taken, will almost guarantee seven-figure success in the real estate sales business. Couldn't recommend this enough. Wow. Thank you for the awesome Amazon review, Gero 215. Now, do you want to get your hands on this book for free and blow your business up? Here's how. Go to free 6 com. that's free, S-I-X, com right now. Or simply text the word PAT to 444 that's text PAT to 444 and I'll send you a free book. And you haven't touched drugs since, which is key, right? And, but you've sold 131 houses. So obviously success is your drug of choice now. What, what, um, how'd you sell your first house?
1: Um, it's quite funny, actually. So um, when we started, so Keller Williams in South Africa is about six years old now. So when we look at the American version of Keller Williams, um, it's amazing what you guys have. We don't have bold. Um, we don't have coaches. We don't have all of that stuff. And we, we are going to get there. But, um, you know, I started with Ignite and then I'm like, wow, this is interesting. This is fun. I can meet people and I can make money. So I found, like you said, I had a new drug of choice, which became uh, the passion for seeing how I can actually make a difference. Because all I did for so long was destruct and destroy that when I saw that I can do something good, that became my fuel and my passion to, to drive me towards getting the success. So the first sale came after the first course of Ignite that I took in April. And my first closing was in August of 2016.
0: where did it come from? Like what, what was the source? how did you find so that?
1: We do lead generation in, in South Africa. So we, we don't, we don't have paid leads. Um, you know, we can't purchase leads. So we canvass and we cold call. Um, in South Africa, we, we can't door knock. You were just so calling.
0: Did you call people that you went to rehab with? Did you call people <laughs> that you in the family business? Like who were you calling?
1: So when you, when you join the company, they tell you to call all your mates. Um, for me, my mates didn't want to know me because I was a drug addict. So that Yeah, plus they family.
0: were drug addicts too, so they probably were broke and they couldn't afford a house. So, yeah.
1: so it, it was purely a sense of that I just um, – I went and dri- drove down the road. I saw a complex, uh, pulled the statistics for the complex, and I started calling into it. And I said, well, I'm an agent. I'm new in the area. Would you like to know what your property is worth? Um, I can come over for a consultation and when it comes to face-to-face value, it's a lot easier to actually to persuade them to give you the business. So I think in the beginning, we all, uh, you know, we oversell and then under-deliver because we don't know what we're doing when you come into the industry. So I never overpromised, but they gave me the listing and I was like, wow, this is interesting. And then it just, it, it became easier because the calling became easier as we learned the scripts Um, You know, we practice scripts a lot and then obviously with the MREA teaching you how to make a success of this. So the lead generation was the key, the key fact in calling the whole time for business. And and do you
0: still call now, two years later, you still calling every day?
1: If you do not call, there is no business. I think that's what a lot of agents forget. Even after two years, the only thing that has changed, Pat, is the fact that uh, business now actually comes to me a lot easier than me having to go out to get the business.
0: Mm-hmm. because
1: of my reputation, because of uh, referrals coming in.
0: So like how many hours are you calling a day continuing now or, or are you just trying to juggle all these? I mean, 71 sales in 12 months is about six a month. So
1: yeah.
0: I mean, how hard is it? I don't know what it's like in South Africa, but I imagine there's some sort of process after you sell, you still got to work, right? I mean, like
1: yeah.
0: how so, hard is it? Number one, how do you fit the time in the prospect? And number two, uh, how do you juggle six deals a month and still not explode?
1: Oh, no, I was on on burnout way, way, way into the year already. So the difference between America and South Africa is the fact that um, from contract to closing in America, it takes about, I think, a month, if not shorter. In South Africa, from contract to closing or registration, it's three months. We spend a lot of time with our clients. So um, I'm a very goal-driven person. So when I attended family reunion last year and I saw these people going up on stage for winning the most units sold, I was like, wow, I wonder how many that is, you know? Because you have to have a vision, you have to have a goal. It has to be up there. I, can, I need to see it every single day. How else are we going to chase it? So if it doesn't become plain in sight. So coming back to the 71, I didn't know how much I needed to sell. I just knew that because I'm new in the industry, I needed to have validity. I needed to have to be able to say that I have experience in sales. And for me, that wasn't a question of 71. It was just as much as I could do. The 71, it just became the more I got, the more I wanted. It it just felt that it was not enough. I was not satisfied with the status quo of saying, I need to sell one house a month. That was not good enough. Why did I join this industry to do one sale a month? I joined this industry to live a life of abundance and wealth. And how we do that is by working hard in the beginning and then seeing the results afterwards and the fruit that pops from it. So I did six a month. Yes. Um, I did not have an assistant. I still do not have a team. I'm a solo agent because in South Africa we don't have teams yet. So basically it was working from opening your eyes until we go to bed seven days a week. Because I knew that I wanted to be the best. And in order to be the best, you need to work. So the work ethic is is next to nothing. So I burned out about three times last year. (laughs) But but you know, the the cool thing, Pat, is is, is when I capped and I did 71 sales, I took the whole December month off out of my business. And I went and traveled to New York and Florida. And I was like, well, this is pretty cool. What else... Where else can I do this in life? So the hard work does pay off.
0: Yeah, it's of just- course. I mean, nothing great comes without sacrifice. And you obviously sacrificed the last two years of your life. But, and I'm glad that you're reaping you know, the benefits from it. Well, so what tools are you using to stay organized? What tools are you using to, to make sure that you're not missing an, an inspection or missing a settlement or you know, forgetting to yeah. call somebody back?
1: No, that does happen. So um, we don't always get it right from the beginning. I think that's important to realize that um, what we've learned in life is, you know, as Diana always says, is is fail faster, fail forward. Um, I've heard this so much at at Austin when I met you in the same, you know, the, the way that people speak is you're like, wow, that's interesting. So I've missed a lot of things. And then you get the clients that call you and they don't just call you. And because we don't have reviews in South Africa, they actually go over your head and they will call your principal. And there will be that email to say, well, this is not right. You sit back, you shed a few tears, and then you're like, well, how can I be better? So each and every day, we have to try to be better than yesterday. So it's, it's not that I'm running a race with anybody else besides myself. So the tracking systems coming back to you with that is obviously, uh, you know, Kelly Williams makes it a bit easier. So we have our tracking in the mornings. We uh, we have our CGI tools. I use Google Sheets a lot and then obviously calendar. So if it's not in the calendar, it does not exist.
0: So, so you put like what you're supposed to do that day in your calendar in addition to your appointments.
1: Yeah, my calendar, is, it's disgusting. I'll send you a screenshot. It's I actually have to work with different colors because I like colors. So, so
0: like you might have 30 things in one day's worth of calendar.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a matter of, of where your priority is because we speak of a to-do list and a task list. And that comes, comes down to the 80-20 principle. So there's a lot of things that we need to do every single day uh, as the one thing teaches us as well. And so the first po- thought that pops to mind is, is we just dot down what needs to be done. Is it necessarily the right thing or the most important thing? Or is it going to be your dollar producing activities that you're putting in there? So I learned over the last year to be very specific about what needs to be done and what will be making me money. If it's not making me money, I'm going to put that one side and I'm first going to focus on like my lead generation. So in the mornings from 9 to 12, that's time blocking. That's, that's canvassing for new business. That's calling for new business. Um, that is um, going out and, and using different forms of media to try to get the new business to come in and afterwards, then we'll do either the inspections or we'll do key handovers. Um, and then obviously, you know, we, we, I continue up until just before nine at night. So my farming area where I work pat is about a half an hour's drive from home. So to give you an idea of the typical day, we get up at five. So the first thing that I do is I hit, I hit the floor because if I don't start my day on my knees, that's not gonna be a good day. Mm. I, know, I know that, that uh, you know, God gave me this job. God gave me this opportunity. And, and a second chance. And it's, it's not just for me. It's to change the world. To tell people that, you know what, if you've been in life and it's bad and you've been on drugs, there's hope because I, I did it. So you can do it too. So it starts on my knees. And then obviously, you know, it's either going to be, as we speak about the energies in the, in the MREA, depending where we are, and to be at the office between 8 and 8.30. So we'll call from nine, and then everything will go on. We have our leadership meetings. Um, I have to delegate the people that I'm actually training and mentoring as well. And then um, I'll leave at about four because I need to beat the traffic to get to my appointments, which is about a half an hour's drive back, and then get home just before nine.
0: So you're banging out all your appointments after people get off work, and during the day, you're... you're you basically from 8 to 12 you're you're prospecting for new business 12 to 4 you're you're keeping the business you have together you know, pending deals that sort of thing and then 4 to 5 you're driving and 5 to 9 you're uh, closing deals or meeting buyers or meeting sellers you got it all figured out it's basically a 13 hour day
1: yeah it's it's long and then when you get home it doesn't stop
0: <laughs> yeah right
1: we, we, we tend to think that I forget something and then you look at the calendar um, and you know, it, it's not nice to go to bed if it's not done. It's quite frustrating. And then you have to take uh, some precaution to not lose any sleep over it because you can't do anything about it.
0: As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them I love it. So here's what I want to talk to you about. So something you said earlier, which is very true of the real estate industry, if I'm going to generalize, there's a lot of people that I call billionaires and a billionaire is just simply a fake millionaire, right? I mean, we're taught from day one, you're going on a listing appointment, you need to pull up in a nice car, right? You Uh, you You need to be a billionaire. People need to think you're rich, even though you're not because you know, if you pull up in a in an old jalopy car, um, they're going to be like he or she is is not successful, and and there's some truth to that. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it is. But what happens is it begins to spiral out of control, and then agents uh, begin to uh, have more expenses than they do cash flow coming in, and they become broke. Uh, yet they keep the facade of billionaire, and and part of that transitions on to what you said uh, earlier, which is as real estate agents, we're supposed to look good. We're supposed to uh, be everything is perfect and not have any imperfections, right? We're not, we're really not allowed to be, and I, I'm not I'm saying this in a general term, uh, authentic, right? We're supposed yeah, yeah. to be ordinary and have our shit together, right? <laughs> exactly. At the end of the day, that's the thing, right? The, the, the thought war. process is as an agent, you need to have your shit together. So, how many people that you work with think she has her shit together and how many think, or how many do you tell I'm a drug addict or I was a drug addict, but you know, once you're an addict, you're always an addict. So how many do you, how many do you tell your story to?
1: So, uh, like I said earlier that I joined Killer Williams and I didn't tell anybody because I thought that, um, you know, people are not going to want to do business with me because of my past. Um, which was, which was probably, uh, a stereotype in my head, a limiting belief in my head, in my mindset that I needed to fit a certain box and criteria in order to be able to, um, you know, be successful. So I only told a few people in the beginning um, and then I just continued working. I thought that, you know, if I prove myself enough in a way, remember now, our sick way of thinking, we have to attain and, and become certain things in life before we can say that we've arrived. So um, I kept that quiet, but obviously head office knew when they hired me, (laughs) that there was something broken inside of me. And so they took a chance on me. So when I was asked to speak at family reunion South Africa, answering your question is that is where everybody found out in Keller Williams, South Africa, that I was a drug addict. It's not something that I'd wanted to say. But apparently, it was very, very inspiring. That I, I just came back from an inspirational morning yesterday from attorneys in Cape Town asking me to come and speak at their event. Um, I was asked at at um, family at Mega Camp to speak about my my life story. So, but in the sense that it, it's very surreal for me because it doesn't make sense. I was a drug addict. I was broke, busted, and disgusted. I think that's what I say to you. And, and it's not something that's big for me. It's the fact that God helped me through it. It's not me that achieved it. All I did was, was put my head down and realize that I have the second chance. So everybody knows about it now. And, so, um, so do I you think, think
0: people like you more now that you're authentic?
1: I don't think they ever really like me because um, we don't <laughs>
0: like... You know what I mean? But you know what I'm saying. Like, Do you think that people are more connected to you because you wear your imperfections on your sleeve or do you think that you're get you would you think you lose business because of that
1: no so actually in the sense that i've i've been able to relate to some of my clients on a personal level as well so when i sit down with them you know when we try to get a listing i need to say that well this is what i've done last year i'm a complete workaholic and obviously the the holic part comes from me being some form of addiction that's just been switched over and that you are in good hands Um, I have referrals. I have uh, people speak and vouch for me now in the sense that where something that was shame in the beginning and bad is something now that I can speak about proudly because it's not who I am anymore.
0: So you actually flip it and use it to your advantage. You say, yeah, I'm a whatever you want to call it, not alcoholic, but I'm a... You know, I have, I have an addictive personality and that mm-hmm. used to be an addiction to drugs and now I'm addicted to work and, and this is how it benefits you. And that becomes yeah. your, that becomes your sales pitch. Mm-hmm. So yes. it allows them to be connected to you, but then it sinks in, right? But it's not just some random guy or girl saying, oh, I'm a workaholic. I'm the hardest working realtor in town, right? Yeah. It, it, and now it's a story that sinks in. And it's because, oh, this makes sense, right? Yeah. She has an addictive personality, but now she's addicted to working, which means she's going to bust her butt for me and get the job done. Is that That's what right? you're saying?
1: Yeah, it is. And, and the fact that, that but you know, what, I, I have a platform to testify now um, for me. And I know that not everybody has a religious connotation or background to it. Um, and this is where it gets really, it touches my heart because I know that each and every person, it, it, we are all here for a purpose, and on whichever level you are going to connect with me, I will be able to connect with you in the sense that people, sometimes they lose hope in God, if this makes sense and, you know, stuff in life happens and people have regrets and, and um, where I can connect with my clients is to say that, listen, yeah, it's by the grace of God that I'm able to sit in front of you that I have, um, done all that I can do. I have the sales experience. Now I have the, the backup and, um, the rapport, the, the work ethic, work ethic is, is, is next to nothing. And the fact that I can relate with them and I can inspire and give them hope, it becomes really, really personal. And I have had many clients cry and say that, you know what, I'm so glad that I can, I can relate to you because I'm not a robot that's just trying to sell your property and, you know, I'm not in and out. It becomes personal because it's a relationship. So people look at me differently and they think, well, I think in the beginning they thought I was weird I think now I think I'm extra weird because now I'm getting a lot of attention and it's, it's not necessarily for the good of me. It's for the fact that I want to make difference in this world. So to come back to your, your question, Pat is, is I realized with, with everything that I went through in the last three years with me being given a second chance is that I want to help people. I was stuck for so long because something inside of me was broken that when I see it in people now, I just want to help them. Whether it be through selling a house or connecting with you on some level that's personal, um, you know, I can relate to you because I've been there. If that makes sense?
0: Yeah, there, I mean, I mean, the whole world is changing in that realm. In that, for years or decades, it was private information. Whether it was mental illness, uh, whether it was even physical illness, you know, you get Lou Gehrig's disease, or you get, you know, you know, Parkinson's or or, or something, and and you you're not supposed to tell anybody but but and drug addict you have a drug problem or you know alcohol problem or you're getting divorced or whatever for forever it was an embarrassment and you're supposed to withhold it and now the the world is almost coming out it's like every day you see Mariah Carey or michael douglas's wife whatever her name is coming out and saying hey you know i'm bipolar or kanye west coming out and saying hey, i am bipolar or I-, I
1: was told that too as well funny enough you know <laughs> yeah
0: see and then and so you got these people coming out and it's like it, now it's like a, it, it makes them authentic and relatable yeah.
1: Yeah. you
0: know rather than kanye's a dick you're like oh well he's bipolar i can uh, you know oh, this
1: uh, makes sense give em- him empathetic. some polls what's that this makes sense give him some polls yeah
0: yeah. So and 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 so I think you're finding that too. That by well, once once the cat was out of the bag and you you brought the you brought it out into the sunshine, people are suddenly crying at listing appointments and crying as you drive them around to show them houses. Where yeah. if you were just an agent that had her shit together and you you know were Miss Perfect, mm. no one would be crying with you. <laughs>
1: well it depends on what you want so I never wanted to make people cry I think I was the one that was crying but this this whole year it's just even when I saw you I think I almost cried because the thing is the way that people look at you it's different you know it it, it the way it, it it's not judgmental anymore it's a sense of wow if you did it I think then I can do it too and and for me that's a sense of respect that you get from people because um like I said to you earlier if 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 I can't change people's lives in one way or another, impact, inspire, or innovate, what are we here for? Money can take you that far. Success will give you so much happiness, but will you be fulfilled? That's a whole different thing. So I have realized that by telling my story and being authentic, like you say, it gives me a different sense of fulfillment because I'm adding value to people's lives. I'm not just making money off of them and, and selling them real estate and, you know, it's an in and out thing. It's the fact that I have the ability now to to impact somebody's life, to make a difference, and that makes me sleep a bit better at night. You know, you must always try to leave people in a better way than what you found them.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's inspirational and it's awesome, and 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 I'm glad you came on and told your story. I mean, this this has been great. So, uh, you know, I guess I, I guess we could wrap this up with what you know, what advice, if any, do you have? to people out there that might um, have an addiction or that might uh, be struggling with anything in life. And the reason uh, that it's probably a struggle for them is because they haven't put it out there in the universe. And when you don't put things out in the universe, you can't be held accountable. An example is you can't go on a diet And not tell anybody because it won't work. But if you go on a diet and you tell 10 people, suddenly it's out there in the universe and it's accountable, you're embarrassed if you fail, so you succeed, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if you talk about it every day and say, I'm on a diet, and then you go eat jack-in-the-box cheeseburgers, you're going to you're going to be like, oh, I'm a false prophet. I, I better either stop telling people about it or stop eating the cheeseburgers, one of the two, or, 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 you know what I mean? So what I'm trying to say is what advice do you have for people who are, are struggling with an issue and, and are withholding and by liberating themselves from withholding this information, it could help them?
1: Yeah. So for me, um, as I said this on family reunion on stage, um, I said it's okay to not be okay thing is, I think we all are put in little boxes to think that this is how it's supposed to look like. This is how it's supposed to work. And if it's not that, then it's not right. And I think that's how the world has taught us, um, you know, with everything going around. And I thought to myself, if I'm not like my siblings who are successful to give you a personal example, um, you know, then I'm not all right because this is what our brains do to us. We, we are our worst enemies. And the thing is, if you are not able to change your mindset, my advice would be to anybody struggling is to realize that it's, it's, not, it's not the world, it's you that is making you think that you're not good enough. It is actually you uh, by looking at other people and comparing yourself to other people that, that it's something wrong with you when it's not. So when I embrace the fact that I don't need to be like everybody else, I'm a perfect individual with with enough passion to set this world on fire because I realized that I missed out for so long by trying to be something that I'm not. That, uh, you know, but I said this to you, what is the most expensive commodity in life? It's time.
0: What is, uh, w- w- time is the most expensive commodity. Yeah.
1: So when people say that, you know, I have regrets, so... If you are that person listening to this show and you have regrets, stop it because you cannot change anything about the past. I had regrets for 10 years long. And and, and when I speak to people about it, they say, but no, but you learned from it. I said, yes, but I can never get the time back. So when you ask me, how do I sell 71 houses? Because I have an urgency inside of me because my time is ticking. Ultimately, what are you doing with your time each and every single day? So if if I can tell people that, you know what, it's okay to not be okay, um, you can get help. There are people out there like me that can tell you it's going to be okay because look at what I've achieved. And this is only the beginning, Pat. There's a whole new continent waiting for me because I've been given an opportunity to, to have a job in America. So I'm going to come impact your continent now. Um, and and make a difference because that is what what drives me now is to see how people are uh, are able to relate with something and then within that, take their masks off. Um, My advice would be that it's okay to say I'm not okay. It's okay to not fit the status quo and that you're going to be okay as long as you just actually embrace that within yourself and get your mind right because you are your own worst enemy. And I needed to realize that my mind was broken. Now that it's fixed, um, you know, it's a continuous journey to learning that, that um, self-mastery is key. I'm mastering each and every day something that I need to do better, um, you know, something that I need to learn. And not for myself, but to, to influence and impact the world around us. Because that's given me personal fulfillment that success or sales has not been able to do. That's the that's my driving force. Is the fact that we are yet to make a difference, and if if somebody's listening in on your show and they're struggling with that, um, I hope that you know that it's going to be okay, and and you're going to make it. Just don't give up.
0: Beautiful advice. Beautiful advice. Well, I feel like we're connected, you know, in, in this short time. So I really do appreciate you coming on and and uh, you know bearing your soul and and inspiring others and. Man, seventy-one houses in a year, two years in the business. I yeah. mean, it just—I mean, it, like you said—that this is just the beginning, the tip of the iceberg. You I'm know. <laughs> so, uh, all right, Priscilla. Well, listen, I hope I talk to you again in a year, and you're up to, uh, you know, seventy-one houses a month or something. Or <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you again, we're gonna chat about this again, and you're gonna ask me how, and I'm gonna be, i don't know but we'll figure it out
0: yes i love that attitude i love it priscilla thanks so much best of luck to you in your future endeavors if i'm ever in south africa again i was just there last year no plans on coming back anytime soon but uh, i will look you up and uh, we'll no, get I'm, together I'm gonna,
1: be in, uh, I'm gonna be in the chicago area in january so oh, you are
0: you're, you're taking a job in chicago now
1: i am i, I fell in love with chicago so um, what are you gonna do I'm going to be doing something there, Pat. You'll Top see. Top secret.
0: Okay, well, good. Well, I'm sure whatever it is, you'll succeed. Yeah. And, and um, I'm excited to to watch you. So, um, Priscilla, thanks again. And best of luck to you in all your future endeavors.
1: Thanks, Batman. Keep well.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask... A small favor in return I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button yes hit subscribe please the more subscribers that we get on real estate rock stars the better guests are attracted to the shows we'll get more guests from the top companies from the top teams and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran also If you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers, and I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram, as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening, and keep rocking.